For, for those of you who do not know, I am Ashton Griffin. I just want to say thank you all for having me this morning. Uh, know that um, Brother Mark has, has invited me. I know I have big shoes to fill. Amen. And uh, I will do my best to um, make sure that that is done well. Man, um, thank the Lord for uh, bringing me here this morning. Man, there's a, there's a lot going on today, man, and um, a, lot, a lot of things could be used as excuses or, or reasons uh, for us not to be in the house of the Lord um, on Sunday, but you all are here, and I, and I thank you for that, man, and um, uh, I know that there could be uh, several other people who um, could have been chosen to be here in this place this morning. Um, but the Lord saw fit that it was me, man, and I'm grateful for that. Um, so this morning, um, what I would like to talk to you all about is uh, the victorious Christian. Man, how to be victorious uh, in this Christian life. Man, um, I, don't, I don't know if any of you have uh, ever been in a place where you feel like you just can't get it right. Man, you feel like you, you, have, you have tried and you've tried and you have tried, but you seem to fall short over and over and over. Has anyone else ever experienced that in here today? Man, well, how, how many of you uh, can say that you have gone into this life, you have started this walk, this journey, and you didn't prepare well? So, again, I'm not the only one. Amen. That's good to know. <laughs> so this, this Christian life, this walk uh, of faith that we are called to, whether you know it or not, this is, this is a battle. Amen. You got to understand that uh, we uh, believers were created for war, for warfare, man. And I, I don't know if you, any of you guys have ever been in war or maybe you played sports. Amen? But if you go into battle unprepared, you can be sure that you will not be victorious. Amen. If, if you go into battle and you are expecting to lose, you can be sure that you will not be victorious. Amen? Um, uh, but if you, if you have a game plan, if you have a strategy, if you are organized, if you are determined and expectant to have the victory, your chances are increased tremendously. Amen. So kind of what I want to do today is uh, to help us have uh, um, some sort of a plan, some sort of a, a, a guideline, some steps to take to help us be victorious on this journey, on this Christian uh, life, this faith walk. Amen. So if you would, please turn to, with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. 
And uh, we are going to start in verse 6. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6. And if you will, please stand for the reading of the word this morning. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6. It reads, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same affliction are accomplished in your brethren who are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, uh, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. God, we just thank you uh, for waking us all up this morning, Lord. We thank you for those who have heard the call, Lord, to come and to worship you this morning, Lord. God, just pray Right now, Lord, that you just use me this morning, God. All I want is to make sure that you get glory out of this service this morning, Lord. God, I pray that you would speak to me and speak through me. God, I pray that uh, you would open up the ears and the hearts and the minds of those who are under the sound of your word this morning, God. And again, I just pray that all of the glory, all of the honor will be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. If we as believers, if we as Christians, if we want to be successful, if we want to be victorious in this life and in this walk, the very first and most important thing as believe that we must do is humble yourselves under the hand of God. I mean, that, that, means, that means it's not about what I want, but about what God wants. Man, it's, it's not about what I desire, but what the Lord desires. Man, it's not about what I think is right or wrong, but it's what the word of God says is right or wrong. He says, be humble. Humble yourself under the hand of God. And, and this, this is an act of our own will. Man, no, no one can force you to be humble. No one can force you to humble yourselves. Amen. Um, now, you may find yourself in a situation where that may seem uh, to be the only way out or that may be the only thing you can feel is humility. But no person can force you to humble yourself. That is an act of your own will to set to to set aside your will 
for God's will. Man, that is humbling yourself under the hand of God. I mean, and, and, and the, thing about, the thing about humbling yourself um, under the hand of God is whenever it is required of you, it is never going to be convenient. It will never be convenient. Man, whenever God calls you to serve him, whenever God calls you to walk with him, whenever God calls you to do anything that is not what you desire, it's going to be at a time when you desire something different. Man, otherwise, there, there is no humility. And man, if, if your will always aligns with God's will, Amen. Then, then there is no need for you to set aside your will for God's will. Amen. But it's at a time whenever what your heart desires, whenever what your mind thinks is at a contradiction with what God's heart desires, that we have to adjust our own hearts. And we have to adjust our own will and our own desires. You must humble yourself. Under the hand of God. And I have uh, an example of when that was not done. Man, we all know who King Saul is. Man, he, he found himself when he was, he was getting ready to go to war. And, and what was commanded of him was to wait. Was to wait for the priest to come and to make a sacrifice. Man, but... But Samuel took longer than what Saul thought he should have taken. I mean, so instead of Saul being obedient, instead of Saul humbling himself to the command of God, he decided to take matters into his own hands. I mean, and then he took and he performed the sacrifice himself. And as soon as he had finished, Samuel walked up, the priest, and he said, Saul, what have you done? Did you not hear the command of the Lord? Did you not get the word of God? You were commanded to wait for me. That is not your place to perform the sacrifice. I mean, your seat is the king. My seat is the priest. Man, but because Saul um, refused to lay aside what his desires were, instead of doing what God said was right, Saul did what Saul thought was right. And there was consequences for that. And Samuel told him what it was. He said, God had, had, had prepared um, your seed, your family to go on forever. But because of this that you have done, it will be removed from you. Man, and God is going to give it to someone who is after his own heart. Man, and that's what God wants from us. That's what God wants from you. He wants someone who's going to be after his own heart. The problem is, the heart that we're after is our own heart. Man, we want to please me. We want to live for me. We want to do what I think is right, what I feel is best. And then, but that is, that is pride. And pride is a dangerous sin. Pride is a deadly sin. Pride is the sin that got Lucifer cast out of heaven. Pride essentially is at the root of every sin. And until we can set that aside and say, God, I don't want to do what I want. I want to glorify you with everything that I say, with everything that I do. I want to be after your own heart. Then we will not be humbling ourselves. 
And, but if you want to be successful, if you want to be victorious, the first and most important step is that you must humble your will to God's will. If you can't do that, then you might as well just quit. I mean, there, there is no hope. There is no success in following your own heart and your own desires. There, there, there is nothing good that will come of that. Because you know what your heart is? It's sinful. It's sinful. And everything that you think is right is distorted through this lens of sin. I mean, so we think it's right. To us, it feels right. It seems right. But what we think and, and feel and, and what we, uh, seems right to us, we're looking through a clouded picture. We're looking through goggles of, of sin and saying this is right. But we have a clear picture right here. We have a clear picture. We have clear words from God to tell us what is right and what is wrong, to tell us what is his desire and what is not his desire. So humble yourself to the will of God. Yeah. And then we have a chance of being successful. Yeah. Through humility, through humility, we learn to trust God. Man, whenever, whenever we practice putting our own selves aside and following uh, the Lord's commands, we learn that what he plans for us is what's best for us. Man, we, we learn that even though it may not make sense to us, if we do it anyways, in the end we will see God knows what he's talking about. You know what? Maybe God does know what's best. God does want what's best for me. Whenever we learn to practice that humility, we begin to see the heart of God and how he loves us and how he is faithful to us and how we can trust him. Man, then we learn to trust God through humility. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Every person wants to be great. Every person wants to be great. Every person wants to be successful. The problem is when we try to do it on our own, in our own way, that's whenever we fail. That's when we go against God. He says, but humble yourself to God's will because you know what God wants for you? He wants you to be great. God wants you to be great just like you want you to be great. He said, if you will humble yourself under God's will, then he will exalt you. Don't lift yourself up. That's how you fall. God will knock you down, just like he did the Tower of Babel. God will knock you down if you lift yourself up. He says, no, stay humble, and I will lift you up when the time is right. Amen. When the time is right. We, we have to be patient. We have to wait on God, not like what Saul did. We have to trust that what he said is going to come to pass. Whenever we humble ourselves, he will lift us up. Amen. Amen. He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Step two, if we want to be successful and victorious in this Christian life, be sober and be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, and he walks about seeking whom he may devour. Be sober of spirit and, and, and be on alert. Now, that, that, that doesn't mean um, be sober, don't get intoxicated, although um, you should not be intoxicated. But he's saying have a sober spirit. 
What that means, don't let your emotions overwhelm you and rule you. Don't let what somebody else is putting into your ear dictate what you think, dictate what you say and what you do. He says, let your spirit be sober. Let your spirit be set on the mind and on the will of God. The sober Christian has self-control. Doesn't fly off the handle because his emotions are overwhelmed. That is not a sober Christian. The sober Christian has a clarity of mind. I mean, just because someone is feeding something to you, that doesn't always mean that it's true. I mean, that doesn't always mean you should buy in to what someone else is saying. The sober Christian has moral decisiveness. Not led astray by anything that anyone says or anything from the world, but you're led by the word and by the spirit of God. So our thoughts and our behaviors are not to be altered by our feelings, by things from the outside, by, by the world. Be sober-minded and be alert. Be alert. That word alert, that means, that means you're, you're looking, you're, you're, you're watching, and, and, and you're scanning for threats. You're scanning for the enemy. Just because you believe that God is sovereign and that God is in control and that God has a plan and he's going to work everything out for your good doesn't mean that you just sit back and let everything happen. Don't just sit back and watch things. I mean, you have to be alert. Be on the watch because, because you're not alone in this fight. You are not alone in this fight. It says you have an adversary. You have an adversary. And the Bible describes him as, as a prowling lion seeking one to devour. That means if you're not watching, he is watching you. Whether you're watching or not, and he's waiting for you to not be paying attention. He's waiting for you to slip. He's waiting for you to stumble. And that one glimpse of weakness, he is going to attack you. Just be prepared, be sober-minded and be alert. You got to watch for that attack. Because if not, you will be caught off guard. You will be caught off guard. So be sober and, and be alert. Be actively looking for threats, not just sitting back waiting for something to happen. Coach always told me when I played football, I was, I was a slot receiver. And man, and we ran a lot of shallow routes across the middle which is a high traffic area. Man, I'm a small guy. Something else that's in the middle is a linebacker. They're a lot bigger than me. He said, keep your head on a swivel. Keep your head on a swivel. That means be looking, right? Be alert, be watching for something because if you are not paying attention, you will get your block knocked off. And it happened a few times because I was not alert. He says, be alert. Be like, keep your head on a swivel. Don't, don't let the enemy be on top of you before you should see him coming. Amen. You should see him coming. He says, be alert. Watch him. Look for him because he's out there. And if you're not looking for him, he's going to find you. It's going to catch you slipping. Just be alert. Step three. To be successful, to be victorious in this Christian life. Verse 9 says, 
whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren who are in the world. Step three, be firm in your faith. Be firm in your faith. That means stand against anything that is contrary to what you believe. Stand firm on your faith. Resist means to remain firm. Continue to live in accordance with the word of God. Now, that's, that's hard to do if you don't know the word of God. And this is our duty. If, if we want to be successful, if we want to be victorious, this is our source of life. This is our hope. Man, if you don't know the word of God, you don't stand a chance. Man, he, he has given us this book for a reason. And man, this, this, this is our way to know the will of God. This is our way to protect ourselves through the word of God. This is how we armor ourselves. The word of God, this is essential to anyone who is a believer. Anyone who is going to walk this walk, anyone who is going to fight this fight, this word of God is your sword. This is how you survive. Man, if you don't know the word of God... And you cannot stand against the enemy whenever he attacks. It says, know, know your word and then stand on your word. That's another problem we have. So, so many of us know our word, but we refuse to stand on it. And we have a lot of very lazy Christians. And yeah, I, I believe this, but whatever. Whatever comes, let it come. Whatever happens, let it happen. I'm going to do me. I'm not worried about anybody else. Stand firm on your word. We we talked this morning um, about Adam and Eve and and the fall. Eve knew the word of God. Adam knew the word of God. They knew the word of God. They knew what the Lord had commanded them to do. They knew what was right and they knew what was wrong. What happened is... They gave in. They didn't stand on the truth that God had spoken to them. There were consequences. They they compromised. Something, a word that describes a lot of believers today, we compromise. We do what feels good instead of what the Lord says is true. Man, we, we walk the path of least resistance instead of standing firm and fighting. We want to be victorious. Stand firm in your faith. Know your word of God and stand on it. Satan is withstood when believers know sound doctrine and obey the truth of God's word. If you know your word and you stand on your word, that is how you withstand the enemy. That is how you withstand Satan. And if you don't know your word, you cannot stand on your word. If you don't stand on your word, you lose. That's not what we want to be. We want to be victorious Christians. Now, something, something that stuck out to me whenever, whenever I read this, uh, it, it, it said, uh, these sufferings are being accomplished by your brothers in the world. These sufferings are being accomplished. What does that mean to accomplish suffering? 
And so, so I, I, I did some Googling trying to figure out what, what is the definition of accomplished and how does this even fit in here? And I, I found that it means to be trained or highly skilled or achieved. But whenever I tried to put that in, that didn't really make sense to accomplish your sufferings. And then I found a, a definition that it fit. And it said to successfully complete to successfully complete your sufferings, right? So sufferings are going to come. Sufferings are going to come. That's not a question. Jesus, Jesus said it. He said, you're going to suffer. In this life, you're going to suffer. You're going to have troubles. That's not the question. The question is, will you complete your suffering? A lot of times we, 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 we step out on faith and we, we think this Christian walk is going to be easy, but then we start experiencing some turmoil. We start experiencing some pain. You say, you know what? I'm going to walk a different way. That's not completing your sufferings. You complete your sufferings whenever, whenever hell is breaking loose in your life, whenever you're experiencing tragedy, whenever you're experiencing loss, whenever you're experiencing heartache, whenever you're experiencing troubles and you keep pressing and you keep fighting and you keep walking and you keep standing firm and then you make it to the other side. That is an accomplished suffering. That is an accomplished suffering. And what, what happens through those trials and through those tribulations, this, this is what it says. It says, knowing that the, the same afflictions accomplished in your brother who are in the world, but the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that you have suffered for a while, he will make you perfect. He will establish you. He will strengthen you. And he will settle you. That's what happened. Whenever, whenever we successfully complete our instructions, God, as we're going through these sufferings, God is working inside of us. I mean, the enemy may be working on the outside of us, but on the inside of us, God is also doing a work. He's doing a work to perfect you. He's doing, he's doing a work to mold you. He's doing a work to, 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 to shape you into the person that he created you to be which means you have to go through these sufferings to be who God called you to be. And not just go through them, you have to successfully accomplish your sufferings to be who God wants you to be. And that means, that means through the pain, you keep fighting. Whenever you're wounded, you, you keep going on, keep pressing on. Whenever it hurts, whenever it seems like there's no way out, he says, keep standing firm, keep fighting, keep pressing on because I am working something out inside of you and you are going to be a better you if you successfully accomplish these sufferings. This is God's plan for our life. They're not to harm you. They're not to harm you. Because I know the plans that I have for you, not to harm you. God wants you to be great. God wants you to be great. But the road to greatness is paved. There are so many trials 
on that road. There are so many tribulations. There are so many sufferings. And you will never make it to that place. God, he, he put that inside of us. God put that inside of us. He wants us to be there. But we have to follow him there. We have to trust him all the way there. All the way there. Not part of the way. Amen. And then in verse, verse 10. This, 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 is, this is our hope because God is working that out in us. As that is our hope. God um, has called all those who are called to his glory, who are called to his salvation. Those are the ones that he is working this out in. And it takes those sufferings. It takes those trials, those tribulations for us to be perfected. Man, that's what it takes. For us to be victorious, this Christian life. I mean, you, 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 you can't be a victor if you don't fight. You can't be a victor if you don't struggle. You can't be a victor if there is no battle. Fight. Fight. Press on. If we want to be victorious, it takes, it takes these, these three things. Be humble. That's where it starts. Humble yourself under God. I know that you desire greatness, but you must let God take you there. Not yourself. Not yourself. See, God has a way for you to get there. And it's not the same way that you're going to choose. Humble yourself under the hand of God. Be sober and be alert. Be sober and be alert. If we, if we fail to do that, we will be thrown off course by everything that comes our way. Everything that comes our way will lead us astray. Anything that sounds good or sounds bad is going to lead you astray. Be sober and be alert. Be watching for the attack of the enemy because he is going to attack. It says be alert. Be ready for that attack. And then you stand a chance against him. Amen. And then be firm. Be firm in your faith. You know what's right. You know what the word of God says. Now stand on it. Amen? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. God, we just thank you for your word, Lord, that you have given to us to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, we thank you for, for the victory and the greatness that you have instilled inside of us, Lord. God, just ask, Lord, that you would help us to be humble under your hand. Lord, Lord, keep us on, on your path and not, don't let us stray whenever we feel something different. God, let our lives be yours. It's easy to take control. It's easy to take control of our own lives. God, you've called us to humble ourselves before you, to let you be the captain of our ship. Uh, we want nothing more than to be great and to be great for you, to be victorious Christians. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to submit ourselves to your will and to your word. God, we love you and we thank you for all that you are and all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know where not really having altar call uh, because of COVID-19, but I want to say to you that the altar is open, and instead of coming down here to pray or to have someone pray for you, what you can do is you can just pray in your seat. You can bow your head.
pray in your seat. If you feel like uh, getting on your knees before the Lord, turn around and put your head in your seat. Get on your knees and speak with God. Man, this, this place of the altar is... You, could, you can pray any place. You can meet with God any place. But the altar of the Lord is, is something that he created, something special for you to meet with him. And so let us not forsake or forget this altar and the things that took place on this altar. The altar where the blood of our Savior was shed so that we could receive salvation, redemption. And this altar is our only hope. This altar is our hope of seeing the Father the blood on this altar is our hope of being made right. The blood on this altar is our salvation. Pray that whenever we leave this place, don't have the same mindset that we did whenever we came in. Pray that we will understand that this life, the Christian walk, is a battle. It's a fight. And you cannot win a fight if you don't fight back. You cannot win this fight if you don't let God be in control of your life. You know, many of us are trying to hold on trying to hold on to our own lives, trying to have control of our own lives. There's no victory in that. Just humble yourself to the hand of God. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your spirit who had his way in this place this morning. God, we thank you for your son who gave his life that we may have life. God, we thank you for being a sovereign God who's in control and always knows We just pray that you would have your way with us, Lord. Let us lay our lives down and give them to you. And all of our cares, our burdens, our anxieties, Lord, you've called us to cast them on you. God, we ask you today for the boldness to do that. We ask you for the strength to lay down our lives and let you be in control. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.